Welcome to the EntreEd Talk podcast. We are your hosts, Toy Hirschman and Laura McCall. Join us as we dive into incredible stories from inspiring entrepreneurs around the world. Whether you are an educator looking for ideas to engage students, a new learner, or someone who wants to be inspired, our guests' journeys and their ideas will give you resources to create value and take your own leap into entrepreneurship. We are so looking forward to sharing our message with you. Don't forget to like, rate, and subscribe to the EntreEd Talk podcast on whatever platform you listen to. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to another exciting episode of the EntreEd Talk podcast. We are here today with Dr. J.D. LaRocque, who has a really cool name. <laughs> JD. JD is the president and CEO of Nifty, NFTE, the Network for Teaching Entrepreneurship. We've had some folks from Nifty on before, so we're really excited about this. JD came to Nifty from the Commonwealth Corporation, Massachusetts Public Private State Authority, focused on workforce and youth development. As Commonwealth Corporation's president and CEO, JD dramatically expanded the organization's external fundraising and significantly enhanced its visibility in the media, thought, thought leadership, government, and philanthropic communities. During his tenure, JD also chaired Massachusetts Governor Charlie Baker's Commission on Digital Innovation and Lifelong Learning. JD grew up in Queens, New York, in a family of public school educators and is a proud graduate of the city's public schools. He began his career as a spokesperson for the New York City school system under former Chancellor Rudy Crew, and then became the education reporter for NY1, the city's all news cable channel. Following graduate school, JD became an education policymaker where he focused on writing laws to strengthen public schools and help students from low income backgrounds. As senior education advisor to late US Senator Ted Kennedy, he led the passage of a higher education law that provided 20 billion with a B in new Pell Grants to our nation's college students. As education policy director for former Massachusetts Governor Deval Patrick, he authored a K through 12 education law that fostered the turnaround of several low performing school districts and helped the state win a quarter billion dollars through the Obama administration's race to the top grant competition. For much of the past decade, JD has worked as a teacher, scholar and university administrator focused on experiential learning, entrepreneurship and the future of work. As chief of staff to the president of Northeastern University in Boston, he served on the leadership team that completed the institution's transformation from a commuter college to a top ranked global research university. He has also served as professor of the practice of law and policy at Northeastern, teaching doctoral students from the US and around the world. If that's not enough, JD has also authored, edited, and contributed to several books, including Special Education for a New Century, Education at a Glance, and Robot Proof, Higher Education in the Age of Artificial Intelligence. I looked that one up already. Sounds really cool. He has served on a variety of public and nonprofit boards, including the Massachusetts Board of Higher Education and the Board of North Shore Community College, the latter of which he chaired. JD earned his bachelor's, master's, and doctoral degrees at Harvard University and a law degree from Georgetown. So holy moly, that is amazing. Welcome, JD. We're so excited to have you today. Well, thank you for having me. Great to be with you. This is going to be so much fun. So, uh, wow. All right. So you're super busy. And um, we're very excited to dive into all of this. Uh, but before we do, can you just share with our audience a little bit more about yourself, how you got to where you are today, and what's new? Sure, sure. Well, I would just say that um, a lot of what I've 
um, done in my life and career really stems from the fact that I grew up in a family of public school educators. And I had the opportunity to attend really great public schools, uh, diverse public schools uh, that served me well and helped me grow and have me ha help me build a perspective um, that was um, uh, pluralistic in its outlook. And uh, so I really have tried to uh, combine that upbringing with um, a desire that I've had to work in and around uh, the nonprofit and social impact and government and policy worlds. And so I've always looked for opportunities in my career to uh, make the world a better place. And I'm so glad that for the past 10 months, I've been able to do that at Nifty, the Network for Teaching Entrepreneurship, where, as you know, uh, we serve uh, about 40,000 students in the U.S. across 25 states uh, and 11 metropolitan regions, and uh, another uh, 50,000 students um, through partnerships with 11 countries and growing. So it's wonderful work. I can't think of anything that we um, need more right now than to help um, reduce inequality that's growing in our society by helping young people develop their capabilities uh, and entrepreneurial mindset and become future business leaders and entrepreneurs and small business owners. We love Nifty, as you know. Uh, what was it like um, being in, the, you know, you've done some amazing education policy development and as a policy wonk, I love policy. So tell me, tell us a little inside scoop of what that was like. Well, being a policymaker is really interesting um, because um, let's take my work um, with Senator Kennedy working as a Senate staff member. So at the time, he was chairman of the Senate Education Committee, and I was his representative working with other Senate offices to try to uh, renew the Higher Education Act, which is the core law that supports higher education uh, in the nation. In order to get things done in Washington, you really have to uh, work with um, a really diverse set of people who have diverse perspectives, diverse ideologies, often strong ideologies and opinions that may differ from your own. And despite that, um, the task at hand is to uh, work together as best you can to get something done on behalf of the nation. And I personally look back at my time as a Senate staff member in particular as uh, really important for my own development as a professional and a leader because uh, it forced me to engage with the idea of collaboration and compromise in the deepest possible ways. And I bring that up because, um, you know, um, it's something I think that is absent uh, these days from our political discourse and our social discourse, uh, maybe even our social fabric. Our nation is very polarized right now. I also think that collaboration and compromise, working together, problem solving together, relates very strongly to what we're trying to do at Nifty. We talk a lot about the entrepreneurial mindset, as you know, and communication, collaboration, and problem solving are three dimensions of the entrepreneurial mindset. In order to become a successful entrepreneur and a successful business leader, you have to have those skills. You also need those skills if you're gonna pass laws to help benefit people. In the case of the work that I did with Senator Kennedy, uh, try to help um, students from disadvantaged communities uh, get a shot, a fair shot at being able to go, to go to college and support them in doing so. You know, it's not often you get to um, work with someone as great as Senator Kennedy was. I, 
I was a lobbyist in DC for four years and my huge, huge memory was being in a small room with Senator McCain. And so when he passed, it just, it personally, I was so sad because you don't have many moments like that in your life and, and you're going through it. Maybe you don't realize how impactful that moment was. And so you're talking about your early career. And I agree that, you know, being among those very bright people and you're also very bright to just, it's a wow factor, you know, to feed off of that and to be able to collaborate with that level of persons who are really shaping what we do. I agree. And, and um, I've just been very fortunate to have had experiences to connect with a number of leaders who I've really watched closely and tried to learn from. I learned so much just by watching Senator Kennedy operate, because, as you know, he was someone who did have a very strong uh, ideology, but he also had an incredible ability to have real friendships with people who believed very different things from him and to be productive in getting things done on behalf of the nation. There's probably no leader in the past hundred years who passed as many laws as Senator Kennedy did. Compare that to where we are today. And he's one of many leaders. Um, Rudy Crew, the school's chancellor in New York City, who I worked for at the start of my career, is a dynamic and forceful and passionate leader, really committed to racial equity and social justice. Deval Patrick, the former governor of Massachusetts, such a wonderful um, practitioner of the art of personal politics, um, who had a wonderful personal uh, way of being uh, in, in, in politics um, that served him very well. And then the last governor I worked for, uh, the Massachusetts current governor, Charlie Baker, one of the smartest individuals I've ever had the opportunity to work for, and who I must say has led uh, the Commonwealth of Massachusetts very ably through the COVID-19 crisis. Wow. Well, that is, uh, that is very, very true. I love the, the, what you talked about. I didn't think we were going to go in this direction, but I'm loving it. Um, but talking about collaboration and compromise um, and how that's pretty much absent <laughs> right now and, and something that we really need to help build in students. And you talked about, um, in your bio, we mentioned that, that with the Commonwealth, you talked about, you have this, this lifelong learning ecosystem. And could you speak a little bit to how that, that looks for the Commonwealth and how that translates to K through 12 and your work with NIFTY? Sure. Well, you know, um, when I was working with Governor Baker and leading Massachusetts Workforce Development Authority, we really focused on this idea that a four-year college degree is not really um, for everybody, and it's actually getting to be um, uh, out of reach um, for many people because it's so expensive. And um, at the same time, we also know that there are really um, a lot of good careers for which you don't need a four-year degree, um, but what you do need is a really high-quality um, program. Uh, we, we know today in the nation that there are a lot of people who go directly from high school into college, but there are a lot who don't, and that's becoming more and more the case. The kind of typical college student nowadays is an adult learner, and yet our higher education system is still primarily set up for the student who, is, who has just graduated high school and is going directly into college. That actually doesn't reflect the experience of the typical college student today. So the governor challenged us and, and um, asked me to lead a, a, a Blue Ribbon Commission 
uh, to figure out new models to help um, adult learners and workers gain um, the learning and training and education they need through online and hybrid courses. Um, and we came up with a model to do that in, co in cooperation with employers so that um, people could get access to kind of short-term online or hybrid courses co-designed between educational institutions and employers that were meant to help people rise up from entry-level jobs that they might otherwise be stuck in. And by the way, um, our challenge was to try to do that um, uh, in a way that was affordable too. So we were very fortunate to get a large grant from an organization called Estrada, uh, which has really been at the forefront of supporting uh, work to connect education and workforce uh, much more emphatically. And they helped us launch this work, work which is now ongoing. I've taken the spirit of that over to Nifty um, in two ways, both for K-12, but also on the adult learner side. So Nifty, as you know, for its 30 plus year history has focused exclusively on programs to serve high schoolers and middle schoolers. Um, but in the midst of the COVID pandemic, we've now launched something called Nifty Career Relaunch, which is an online self-paced 14 lesson course designed to help adults and particularly people who might have been laid off in the COVID pandemic, uh, relaunch their careers as entrepreneurs. And so just like a traditional Nifty course that our high schoolers take in the classroom, this course covers all the topics that you would need to take your idea and convert it into a business plan. So learners will go through this 14 step um, sequence and they'll learn how to develop their business idea and, and look at the customer base determine their competitive advantage, uh, determine how best to market uh, their, their idea. And as I said, um, come out the other end with a, a pretty fully formed business plan. As a matter of fact, we've just um, partnered with GSV, Global Silicon Valley, um, the well-known um, uh, entity behind the uh, ASU GSV EdTech uh, conference to um, be part of their bootcamp. Uh, so Nifty Career Relaunch has been embedded uh, in this boot camp that's going on right now. And I am proud to say that uh, we've enrolled um, uh, nearly a thousand learners in, in this effort. And I think it's gonna help a lot of people. I'll just touch briefly on how all of this, I think um, also pertains to K-12 education. You know, when we, I think one of the things we've learned or one of the things that I've learned from my work in higher education is that learning is not just about mastery of content it's about mastery of core skills. And a lot of the things that we focused on in the design of these innovative programs for Massachusetts wasn't about you know, specific factual content in a domain, but really helping adult learners develop the habits of mind that would enable them to take the step from an entry-level position to the next level or from a mid-level position onto a management position. And that in my mind connects very, very concretely back to the core of the work that we do at Nifty, which is to help young learners develop the entrepreneurial mindset. We're very happy when learners complete our core programs and complete their business plans and compete in our competitions and win them. But we're, but we're also very happy when we see growth in our students in those entrepreneurial mindset domains, because we know that learners who develop those skill sets, communication, collaboration, critical thinking, problem solving, ability to manage risk, future orientation, 
those are the, the learners who will have a flexible mind um, and that will serve them well in whatever they do, whether they become an entrepreneur or whether they go work um, for a company or somewhere else. That's great. You know, you've said so many things. I'm crazy writing while we're, where we're talking. I love the words rise up and also relaunch because those um, are powerful, I think, in this time period of, of our transitioning in our education and in our world in general. We need positivity and, and you know, someone like a Nifty who's in there really uh, recreating or, or creating, not just recreate, but creating a whole new way of learning. Um, and you mentioned lifelong learning. And I strongly believe that we all should be constantly learning something. So talk a little bit more about the lifelong learning and, and digital innovation. And, and you know, what is Nifty maybe specifically doing with that? Yeah. Well, I'll tell you, um, Nifty, I'm proud to say, has done a really good job um, thus far in the midst of the COVID-19 pandemic. And a huge reason why is that our organization did a good job investing in digital capabilities. And so for all of our programs, our Entrepreneurship One program, Entrepreneurship Two, Entrepreneurship Essentials, Startup Tech, these are all available uh, in an online format. We use a learning management system, Canvas, um, with our teachers and our students. And I was pleased to see our teachers utilize and our students utilize um, our digital capabilities much more as we've transitioned to um, fully remote learning because of COVID-19. So digital innovation starts with um, having your uh, sort of traditional programs available through digital means. And we've since enhanced what we had with lots of opportunities for our learners to connect to mentorship resources um, through events on Instagram Live and Facebook Live. So we've, we've now pivoted to incorporating um, these additional platforms into what we do. And it's been really great for the students because, um, you know, they, they're on Instagram. So they, they, they will gravitate to things that we put on Instagram because they like to be on Instagram. We moved our competition sequence, which usually takes place in person, onto a fully online format. So um, now, uh, and we just completed it for this spring, and, and um, uh, we'll have our national competition, which typically takes place in person in New York City in the fall in a virtual format. So our students recorded their business pitches on their phone and they uploaded it to a platform. And the judges you know, viewed the, the submissions and uh, offered feedback. And they, um, we had live events where, we, uh, where students made their pitches and the judges judged them. And so we were able to do everything that we typically do in person online. So I think the future, um, frankly, even when we get past COVID, will involve the incorporation of more of that and that is a piece of what I think about when I think about digital innovation. And again, when it comes to lifelong learning, I would just say that um, you know, we're taking next steps at Nifty to ascertain what impact our programs have on longer term out outcomes of our learners. So we already know that um, Nifty learners uh, create businesses at much higher rates than the typical um, students. We already know that Nifty learners uh, uh, go into college and graduate college at higher rates than students who don't take part in our programs. And that's really great. We also want to learn 
whether uh, students who take part in NIFTY programs ultimately have higher earnings and um, better uh, career outcomes because of their participation in NIFTY. So our research department has been focusing a lot of attention lately on taking those next steps to see if we can prove our value proposition even better than we already have. Wow, that's that's really fascinating, and um, I'm getting my I'm getting my doctorate in instructional design right now, which no nobody knew what that meant until about four months ago. <laughs> what is it? Uh, yeah, and everybody knows. How does your research team follow get those long term studies? Do they do they ask students when they start a program, or is it how are they how are they doing that? Because we 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 talk a lot about how do we quantify entrepreneurial mindset how do we you know how do we evaluate it in some way because education wants to see that but I'm interested how how you guys have been able to do that well in terms of trying to capture the the growth in the entrepreneurial mindset nifty has really been a pioneer in uh, developing assessments that do just that uh, we you know people sometimes ask me uh, is creativity something that can be measured and we would say yes it, it can. It can. Yeah, I see. Measuring the entrepreneurial mindset is something that can be can be done. And creativity is something is a skill that can be developed. Um, We want to move past the kind of easy, lazy thinking that says you're either an entrepreneur or you're not. You're either creative or you're not. These are skill sets just like any other that you can practice and develop and get better at over time. And and. some years ago, we developed the Entrepreneurial Mindset Index, which is a 20-minute assessment that students take at the beginning of a NIFTY program and at the end of the program, and it measures their growth in the entrepreneurial mindset domains that I discussed, collaboration, problem-solving, future orientation, risk-taking, uh, creativity, and, and a number of, of others. And it actually, in a very fun way, uh, matches uh, students with, um, with uh, archetypes. Uh, you know, successful business owners and entrepreneurs who share the same mix of entrepreneurial mindset skills that they do. So, for example, when I took the the EMI, when I became CEO of Nifty, um, the test told me that I was most like Elon Musk. I'm still trying to figure out if that's a good thing or bad thing, ultimately. I guess it depends on the month. Uh, Big space uh, future for you, right? There we go, right? So, um, and, you know, sometimes um, you, you might, you might take the test and, and be your, your archetype might be Oprah Winfrey or some other successful entrepreneur. You know, it, I'll, I'll also say that what we do with matching students to their um, on, arch, archetypes in real life is really important because, um, you know, Nick, uh, Nifty is a very equity focused organization the overwhelming majority of students that we work with are students of color. We work with many, many Latino students and many, many African-American students, and we are focused on on providing our program in schools in disadvantaged areas. One of the biggest issues that students in those neighborhoods face is that they don't always see themselves in the, through the lens of people out in our world who are successful. Things like our entrepreneurial mindset index draw a very direct line between the skill sets that these students have, because the test shows that they have them, and um, a parallel of a successful entrepreneur who they may admire 
or want to emulate. And I think that's um, a small but very important piece of the psychology of what we do. I don't think it's small at all. We've we've had a, a few people that we've we've spoken to that are also very passionate about making sure students have someone they they can see as as an entrepreneurial you know that they can identify with and that's 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 something that's really missing a lot of times you know when you hear about Richard Branson Steve Jobs you know these names I I don't identify with those people I you know and so it's it's nice when that that Nifty is doing that and giving students that that connection to someone real that they that they could that they could identify with. And I love, the thing I, I love so much about, I'm a super huge, big foam finger carrying fan of the, the EMI because, because of the growth part of it. Because it's not a test that you take and, oh, I got a 60% on this, so psh, I can't be an entrepreneur. It, I love that it measures, it, it's, it's, it's measuring where you are and then it measures your growth over the course of this, of, this intervention really, it's the, but over the course of the Nifty programs. And I just, I think it's a really amazing tool and, and we, we love it. Thank so you. we thank, thank you, you for that. And yeah, I, I, I think there, there are a lot of, um, there are a lot of special things about our model. Um, I, teachers tell me all the time, I love teaching Nifty because it's so different from everything else that I am asked to do. And I think that's why our students love it too. And the difference is very simple. You know, instead of being teacher directed, the model is very learner directed. You know, students start out each each unit in a nifty course, um, really engaging in collaborative problem solving um, where there is no right or wrong answer. There's just ideas. And it's very project based, as you know, which engages students throughout. Um, and we have innovations like the entrepreneurial mindset uh, index. But most of all, what I think is special about the Nifty model is that it is premised on the idea that everything that a student needs to be successful, they already have within them. I think students really take ownership of the projects and ideas that they develop through a Nifty course because it's, it's not something that someone else gave to them. It's something that came from them. And so it connects to a passion or something they care about or an experience in their life. And that's why our learners sustain with the program and really get into it and are so motivated to turn that idea into an actual business. So true. That's, that's one of the things that is just, we hope to see more and more of it in, in schools because it's something that once you connect to something and you're going to learn it, if you, you're going to be motivated. And, and that is such a huge huge thing and it just doesn't happen as often as as we'd love to see it happen we you know we can't just give kids information anymore they're not just passive consumers of of information they have to be actively engaged in what they're doing and there has to be a purpose and i think that that i think nifty does that really well and just for our listeners just so our listeners know um check out just google nifty toolkits and you will find some if you're looking for some really cool stuff because you have Obviously, your programs that that teachers can engage with, but just to look at some of your stuff, it's really great uh, what you've put out there for for free for teachers to to use. So everyone, check that out. <laughs> Thank you. And and if I can just add, we we recently relaunched our website, um, and I'd like to acknowledge, if I can, uh, the Diana Davis Spencer Foundation uh, for helping us uh, with that, as well as the Donner Foundation. 
Um, and um, our new website has a tremendous amount of further free resources um, that teachers can uh, access. And if um, anyone listening is interested in the Nifty Career Relaunch Program that I mentioned earlier um, for adults, it's also accessible for free through our website. And that's www.nifty.com, N-F-T-E.com. <laughs> I'm going to take it. I'm on it. Awesome. Um, no, I, lo I love those kind of, uh, I don't know, what do you call them? Just different tests, different mind opening things, whether it's the Myers-Briggs or I did some in business early on and what quadrant do you fall in? It doesn't really matter. It's like where your client is that matters and how you meet them. You know, lo looking at these assessments, you guys are so very good at it. I love also aha moments. Are there things that you're hearing from employers that say, Yes, the strikes accord that what they're seeing come out of your nifty students. Yes, well, um, two things. Number one, what strikes accord with employers is that we are making an attempt to develop these broad skills and not just um, trying to load up young learners' minds with factual knowledge that may or may not be relevant. Companies want good employees. And what makes a good employee? A person who's motivated, a person who can communicate clearly, a person who can advocate for themselves, a person who can collaborate with others, a person who can get through disagreements, a person who can anticipate what's coming. These are all the domains of the entrepreneurial mindset. And this is why I say, you know, even though we're proud that so many of our learners go on to actually become small business owners and entrepreneurs and CEOs. We're also proud of our learners who go on to be very successful as employees and managers and leaders within established companies. It's because we've made such an effort to develop the entrepreneurial mindset. That's one thing that resonates with employers. Another thing that resonates with employers is this idea that increasingly there ought to be alternative pathways for people to get good jobs within companies. We have a very successful internship program that one of our corporate partners, Moody's, has really spearheaded. Um, and we're bringing other um, corporate partners like Citi and EY and MasterCard into the mix. Um, and they're coming to the table and wanting to expand on these efforts because they see that a, a student coming out of high school who may just be a freshman or sophomore in college, or maybe not in college, but actually working to make their nifty um, project a reality, could it be a very successful and well-positioned intern or fellow in their company because they've established those habits of mind and those dimensions of the entrepreneurial mindset that will set them up to be good employees in the company. And so we're very grateful to Moody's in particular, I would say, because they've really embraced this way of thinking and have provided a lot of our learners with great opportunities to, um, to be summer interns in, in Moody's, which is a, you know, it's a financial services company. It's very, it's very high level and technical, um, but, but they've given um, students who come from disadvantaged circumstances a lot of opportunities and they're successful because they have been nifty students. And then the third thing I would say that's resonating with employers is just our commitment as an organization to be equity-based and really work on these issues of inequality and racial justice and social justice um, that are uh, plaguing our nation. We're not a political organization. Um, we don't subscribe to any particular ideology, but we do say 
that there are deep inequities in American society. And we can work together in positive ways to make a difference and to try to correct that and make, uh, make them better. And one thing that I think we do um, that is very relevant to this moment, when people are talking about deep inequities for Black Americans and other people of color in this country, is that we provide a pipeline of Black and Brown entrepreneurs that will be the next generation of business owners and CEOs in the nation. And that is really important because too many people from previous generations who look like our students have been shut out. But because of NIFTY and other organizations like ours, and I will say corporate partners who support what we do, um, I think that that will um, not be as much the case in the future. Well, I have goosebumps now. That was awesome. <laughs> Oh my goodness. I, I love that you that you're working with with corporations and and kind of bridging that gap between the the actual IRL real life and and schools because that's something that we see the successful educators that we've talked to all every single time when you ask about their success it's because they've been able to bridge that gap in a smaller way, you guys are doing it on a grand scale. So I just, I think that that's so important and just really important for education to listen to, to business and listen to what's going on in the world and, and try to communicate and collaborate so that they're building, you know, educators are actually helping <laughs> get students prepared for what's coming at them. Cause we, the world is changing so quickly that that's it's such a huge, huge thing, but, oh, wow. So, um, we have this sort of question that we always ask, and that is, that is, as if an educator is listening to this podcast, what advice might you give him or her if he or she wants to get started with experiential learning and entrepreneurship? Well, it's really easy to get in touch with us. So I would say the first thing you could do is go to our website, www.niftynfte.com. And first of all, check out our free resources um, because we, um, I, I am an educator, among other things, as you know. And uh, one of the things that I really want to do as the relatively new CEO of Nifty is prioritize um, what we give our educators. And so there are lots of free resources um, that relate to our model and our program that educators can take advantage of. Um, and beyond that, I would say that, you know, um, you know, I, I, most of the teachers I meet um, are, are, are already so attuned to the value of experiential learning because they see the ways in which some of what they're asked to do um, doesn't resonate as much as experiential and project-based learning methods do. And so, um, you know, I invite any teacher who might be listening, who wants to become part of our network of several thousand schools across the nation uh, to just reach out to us. There's contact information on our site about um, the folks who are involved in program work in our various regions. And if I can just take a moment, you know, we, as I said, we're in 25 states. Um, and particularly during these times when we're doing a lot of our activity remotely, it almost doesn't matter what state you might be in. If you're a teacher interested in bringing Nifty to your school, and we're going to be doing it possibly remotely or at least in a hybrid fashion, we're ready to do it. And if your district is, and school is ready, um, we, can, we can make it happen. It doesn't matter if you're in Wyoming or South Dakota or Louisiana, we can help you. Um, but we focus our work in 
New England, New York, Philadelphia, Baltimore, Washington, D.C., uh, Florida. Actually, we're growing rapidly across the entire South. Uh, Chicago, St. Louis, uh, the Bay Area, L.A. Um, actually, if I can just take this opportunity to make a pitch, if anyone listening is from the mountain states or the Pacific Northwest, get in touch with us because we'd like to bring more nifty programs uh, to those regions in particular. That's, those are some of the areas where um, we haven't quite gotten the, the, uh, the depth of programming that we'd like to see. So as you can tell, I'm on a campaign to get nifty in all 50 states. And, and uh, as I said, we're, we're in 11 countries and that list is growing too. I think, I, you know, I think it's because people find what we do and, and, and um, what organizations like ours support to be quite natural. Um, it's about ideas. It's about activating the power of the human spirit. It's about believing in, in kids um, and believing that they have the power to make those ideas um, happen and that they already possess all the resources they need. Uh, they just need to be shown how. And that's, that's what we do at Nifty. You guys are a huge, obviously huge influential organization. Yet, you know, in talking with you, JD, I'm so struck by the accessibility of the organization, of your huge passion and desire to bring some free things to teachers um, in schools. That, that's just incredibly impressive. And, and then your own humility, and my goodness, you're so accomplished, but, um, you know, you really seem um, to live everything you've said and, and, and empower students. I, I do hope you get in those remote states. I remember my daughter in her college search, we we're in up in New York and they're like, okay, is anybody from South Dakota? You're in right now. You know, there's just certain states it's sometimes hard to reach. So I'm, I'm sure in no time you guys will be in all the states. Thank you. Thank you. Nifty in all 50. There's your campaign. Hey, I, I love it. <laughs> wow. You can <laughs> you join on my PR team. That sounds really good. I won't charge much for that one. <laughs> Send the check. <laughs> oh, awesome. Well, you've already shared, uh, JD, with us how our folks can get in touch with you. So uh, we will also put that in, in show notes as well. So, um, and, but, but you guys are pretty, pretty easy to find. Um, is there any other things that you want to share with our audience before we close? This has been an absolute blast having you today. Well, first of all, I, I just want to thank you again for the invitation and, and uh, you know, um, celebrate all that EntreEd is doing for the cause of entrepreneurship and entrepreneurship education. Um, it's, it's a, I think that um, very soon we will see entrepreneurship education cohere into a real movement because um, what we do uh, in our respective ways is really important and really valuable. And I think the world is beginning to see that as we um, are tested in some new ways because of the things going on in our society. Um, and as uh, educators and leaders and policymakers begin to question traditional ways of doing education. Um, so I am very optimistic about the future of Nifty uh, and I'm most optimistic about the future of our learners. Um, I just I told you that um, we, we just finished our spring competition se season, and now we're running summer camp programs as well. And I just, just a couple uh, of hours ago, uh, was talking to two of the winners uh, from one of our summer camp programs. And they were telling me, they're from Lowell High School in Massachusetts. 
uh, a very diverse uh, school that ser serves uh, a very uh, di largely disadvantaged population. And they took part in a, a program that was uh, supported by uh, NIFTI and a great organization called American Student Assistance, which is philanthropy here in Massachusetts, and the Federal Gear Up program, the sort of college prep program. And, um, and it was fantastic camp. And they had came up with a great business idea and they were so excited about it. It's a hair care product. And uh, they were telling me all about it. And I said, well, what are you gonna do next? And I said, well, they said, well, we're gonna continue to pursue this because now we, we know we have something good and we wanna you know, continue um, bringing it out into the world. And I said, you know, do you, do you feel like you, you, uh, you will continue to be with us as part of the Nifty community? I said, absolutely. So what is so great is that um, the enthusiasm in our learners' uh, eyes when they come up with that, uh, that idea and that spark that causes them to really get excited. That's the real, that's what learning really ought to be about. And I'm optimistic about the future of entrepreneurship education because that's what our programs produce. And I'm so pleased to um, be leading an organization with a fantastic team who works every day to make those moment, moments happen for thousands of learners across the US and around the world. So thank you for giving me a little time to talk about it. I appreciate it. Thank, thank you. you. You know, every time we have these wonderful conversations, it's been a joy to talk to you today. I get just excited all over again. I feel very honored to be a part of the global community with the like mindset of trying to bring entrepreneurial mindsets to, to younger folks and even to older folks. But like I said, it's lifelong learning. So thank you for jazzing me all over again and getting me excited about what we do. Great to talk with you both. Thanks so much. And we are sure that our audience will absolutely love you. And we hope that everyone connects with Nifty and check out, check out everything they have to offer. It really is great stuff. Thanks, JD. Thank you. Bye-bye.